welcome to the Election Ride Home for Tuesday, December 10th, 2019. I'm your host, Chris Higgins, with a summary of election news. Today, Warren releases details of her client work, Buttigieg gets the NDA release he asked for, the impeachment update, one more Republican announces his retirement from the House, a new poll offers no help for candidates hoping to reach the December debate stage, but then another poll does change the picture, Gabbard says she won't attend the debate even if she qualifies, and Georgia Republicans decide only one presidential candidate will be on their primary ballot. Here's what you missed today from the campaign trail. First up today, on Sunday, Senator Elizabeth Warren released details of her client work as a lawyer going back 34 years. The earliest case I could find in the document was from 1985. In that case, she worked as a consultant dealing with women's health issues, and she did that work for free. The first paid item I see on the list is from 1989, in which Warren served as an expert witness in a case related to tax law. For that one, she brought in just over $29,000. The last item I can see in that document is from 2009. In that case, she was counsel for Traveler's Indemnity Company in a matter related to asbestos poisoning. For that work, she received just over $212,000. She was elected to the Senate in 2012, and I don't see any cases that overlap with that campaign or her time as a senator. All of this comes in the context of conflict between the Warren and Buttigieg campaigns about disclosures. They have been feuding about how both candidates have had corporate clients in the past and whether the amount of information disclosed has been enough. We talked about Buttigieg yesterday and more on him in just a moment. The Warren document is 15 pages long and builds upon existing material the campaign had already released. There has been a lot of media reporting about the total value of that work. I've seen a bunch of headlines saying that Warren earned just under $2 million for her legal services, and that's true but it's important to understand that it happened over multiple decades. And it's also useful to put that work, and the money, in the context of Warren's tax returns. Those showed us that in 2018 alone, she brought in about half a million dollars in Senate salary plus income from her books. So it's not news that Warren has made money. The issue here is who she has worked for in the past, and for how much. Reading from an article by Joshua Jamerson in the Washington Post, quote, Ms. Warren's private relationships with clients and what possible conflicts of interest may exist have recently come to the forefront in the Democratic presidential nominating contest. Pete Buttigieg, the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, has called on Ms. Warren to release tax returns from all years when she did legal consulting or other work. Ms. Warren has previously released 11 years of tax returns. Ms. Warren's rationale for releasing her compensation rather than more tax returns is that her legal work dates back to the mid-1980s and would require about four decades of returns, according to an aide who said such disclosure would exceed accepted practice. End quote. Anyway, this does point to an encouraging trend, which is candidates being very transparent about their finances and their past work. In my opinion, I think we want that. What we probably don't want is all the bickering and insinuation around it. Next up, Mayor Pete Buttigieg has been released from his non-disclosure agreement by McKinsey. This was something he asked for and I reported on yesterday. Reading from a report by Daniel Strauss in Politico, quote, 
McKinsey, the management consulting company Pete Buttigieg worked for after college, has released Buttigieg from a confidentiality agreement and will allow him to name the clients he served. We recognize the unique circumstances presented by a presidential campaign, a McKinsey spokesperson said in a statement. After receiving permission from the relevant clients, we have informed Mr. Buttigieg that he may disclose the identity of the clients he served while at McKinsey from 2007 to 2010. End quote. While I have not yet seen a statement from Buttigieg about this, I expect it is coming soon. Meanwhile, reading from the end of that same article, don't expect too much in the way of wild revelations. Quote, We can further confirm that the clients Mr. Buttigieg described in his statement on Friday, December 6th, are all of the clients he served during his time at McKinsey, the McKinsey spokesperson said. End quote. So, the remaining information we're looking for is what the names of those companies are. In another development, Buttigieg has announced he will open his fundraising events to the press. This is new as he previously had private, sometimes high-dollar events, in addition to the big public ones. Some candidates are not holding any private events, so they don't need to have a policy like this since anybody can show up. The policy of allowing press at private fundraisers is one that Joe Biden has done since the beginning. And typically it means one reporter goes to the event, they write up a report, and they hand that report to everybody else. The campaign also emails that report to press. Now, I get those emails from the Biden campaign. And they're sometimes kind of funny because the reporter couldn't find much to report on, often because the actual remarks by the candidate were so brief. So they end up listing, like, the food that was served or describing the room in really intimate detail and other super minor stuff. Nice work if you can get it, I guess. But I should note that in the Biden campaign, the presence of reporters at fundraisers has caused news to break. That's where Biden's comments about working with segregationist senators came from. But again, this move from Buttigieg increases transparency. And like I just said, I think that's what voters are looking for. Hiring is challenging, and it used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter. In fact, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash begin. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, and they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you cannot miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. Right now, listeners here can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com begin. That's ZipRecruiter.com B-E-G-I-N. ZipRecruiter.com begin. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. And now, the impeachment news in three minutes or less. 
Today, House Democrats announced that they have completed two articles of impeachment against President Trump. These articles have been published, and you can read them yourself in the show notes. The document is very readable, and it is just nine pages long, with big, wide margins and double spacing. Article 1 covers abuse of power. It deals with the specifics of the Ukraine matter itself. Article 2 covers obstruction of Congress and deals with the president's refusal to provide documents under subpoena and his instructions to staff and former staff not to comply with congressional subpoenas for testimony. The big question going into this was whether there would be a third article related to obstruction of justice in the Russia affair, as detailed in the Mueller report. The answer is no. However, in the text of the articles, Democrats do imply that the Mueller report's findings are part of the backdrop here. They say there's a pattern of, quote, previous invitations of foreign interference in the United States elections, end quote. Let's listen to a clip in which House Judiciary Chairman Jerry Nadler makes history and introduces articles of impeachment. Listen in. Our president holds the ultimate public trust. When he betrays that trust and puts himself before country, he endangers the Constitution, he endangers our democracy, and he endangers our national security. The framers of the Constitution prescribed a clear remedy for presidents who so violate their oath of office. That is the power of impeachment. Today, in service to our duty to the Constitution and to our country, the House Committee on the Judiciary is introducing two articles of impeachment charging the President of the United States Donald J. Trump, with committing high crimes and misdemeanors. So what happens next? The Judiciary Committee votes on Thursday on whether to pass these articles out of committee. Given the Democrats have a large majority on that committee, they are likely to pass. Assuming that happens, there would then be a floor debate in the House, presided over by House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Then, the articles would be voted on by the entire House, one at a time. If either of those articles passes a House vote, that means President Trump will at that point be impeached. That would make him the third president in our country's history to actually be impeached. If that all happens, then this process moves to the Senate, where details are still being worked out. So today is a historic moment, and the process continues. Today, the latest Republican to announce his retirement from the House is Representative Ted Yoho of Florida's 3rd District. When he came into office, he promised not to serve more than four terms. And he is currently in his fourth term, so, you know, he is not running for a fifth. Points to Yoho for fulfilling his promise. This makes Yoho the 24th Republican to announce he is leaving the House. His district is likely to remain Republican, despite recent redistricting to include Gainesville, which is a college town hosting the University of Florida. The Cook Political Report classifies that district as Solid R. In what I hope is our last story on Representative Duncan Hunter and whether or not he is officially retiring, he has now said, quote, Shortly after the holidays, I will resign from Congress. It has been an honor to serve the people of California's 50th district and I greatly appreciate the trust they have put in me over these last 11 years, end quote. 
Now, because Hunter technically still has not announced his actual resignation, just his intent to announce, some sites tracking retirements don't list him as an official retirement. But I think the message there is clear, so I am counting him as a retirement in my numbers. This morning, Monmouth University released a new national poll. Supporters of Representative Tulsi Gabbard and entrepreneur Andrew Yang have been waiting for this poll and hoping it would give their candidates the one remaining result that each of them needs to make the DNC debate stage next Thursday. Oh yeah, good time to remind you, we have a debate coming up in just over a week. Anyway, this poll offered no help. It had Gabbard at less than 1% and Yang at 3%. They needed a 4% result, so after this poll, neither candidate qualified. This means they have less than three days to go in order to get one more poll result. The deadline for all qualifying polls is at the end of the day on December 12th, one week before the debate. As of this poll's release, only six remaining candidates are qualified for that debate. One more note on this poll. It shows the effects of Bloomberg's entry into the race, accompanied by his massive advertising push. He shows up at 5% in this poll. So, technically, he does have one qualifying poll. However, because he insisted he will not take donations, he cannot pass the donation threshold for this month, even if he gets the polling he needs. That means no way, no how, not going to be on the debate stage next week. And here's some late-breaking news. After I recorded that last segment, yet another new poll came out right before the podcast went live, so I'm jumping back in to add this little bit. While I don't have all the details yet, a new Quinnipiac poll does give Yang the result he needs, so he will be at the debate next week. Meanwhile, on Twitter, Gabbard said she would not attend the December DNC debate no matter what. Reading from her tweet late last night, quote, For a number of reasons, I've decided not to attend the December 19th debate, regardless of whether or not there are qualifying polls. I instead choose to spend that precious time directly meeting with and hearing from the people of New Hampshire and South Carolina, end quote. I should note she put scare quotes around the word debate, And at present, she has not stated any of the specific reasons she would not participate. And a reminder, Gabbard threatened to boycott the October DNC debate until the last minute when she dropped that and decided to attend anyway. So who knows what'll happen here, but stay tuned. Last up today, let's check in on where Republicans are with their primaries, or lack thereof. We've talked about this on the show quite a bit. But the latest move is that the GOP in Georgia will have a primary, but there will only be one Republican name on the ballot for president. President Trump will run unopposed in Georgia's Republican primary. This comes despite five other Republicans submitting their applications to be on that Georgia primary ballot. The most notable are former Representative Joe Walsh and former Governor Bill Weld. And it comes after Minnesota did the same thing back in October. Generally, the justification from the state parties is that with the incumbent candidate, President Trump, polling so well, it is an unnecessary expense to hold a primary. While some, especially Walsh and Weld, may debate that logic, it has now spread to 14% of U.S. states. 
The addition of Georgia brings the list of states either without a Republican primary at all or with a single candidate Republican primary to seven. They are Alaska, Arizona, Georgia, Kansas, Minnesota, Nevada, and South Carolina. Well, that is it for one more episode of the Election Ride Home. I have been your host, Chris Higgins. You can always find me on Twitter at Chris Higgins. As much as today is, in fact, a historic moment in terms of the president's impeachment, it's a very strange feeling to cover this stuff. There have been so many hugely consequential moments over the past few months that it's easy to lose track of what's actually important versus what's just another passing blip. I think today is big. It just doesn't feel that way because it has been so clear for so long that this was very likely to happen. So this may well be one of those moments you'll recall in 20 years. You'll say, yeah, I remember that day when they announced the actual impeachment articles. But today, in this moment, it feels to me, honestly, like a Tuesday. It's a weird thing to be sifting through the news in this era. And I have the distinct feeling that it will only get weirder. As always, thanks for listening, and I will talk to y'all tomorrow. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.